There it is. It's six o'clock, everybody. It's Monday night. It's time for the joke workshop here on Monday, every six to eight p.m. or whenever. Uh, hi, I'm your host Pam Benjamin, and we are going to have a bunch of great comics tonight. Um, if you have burning comments, then we can give comments. If you don't, let's you know we'll just move it along. And your first comedian of the night uh, wanted to run their new opening, so put your hands together for Pam Benjamin! Yay! I I'm so excited to be here tonight with you guys. This is really great. Hi, welcome. Hi, come on in. Uh, my name is Pam. We're going to strap in. We're going to learn a lot of things tonight. Yeah, we're going to learn about feminism. We're going to learn about drugs. Yeah, we're going to learn about abortions, friends. It's going to be a magical, magical journey. So I invite you all to look under your seats and take the mushroom cap underneath there and made you look. Yeah, you love drugs, I can tell, woo! What's your favorite drug? Comedy? Comedy's not a drug. Boo! Oh my God, the endorphins. I guess when you're as old as you are, you need endorphins from anywhere. So it's like, just keep me alive. Laughing, if I'm laughing, I'm breathing and I'm still alive. That's a good drug. Oxygen, oxygen, that might be the best drug for you at this point. Any other favorite drugs out there? Alcohol is a drug. I learned that after my DUI and going to a bunch of classes. Indeed, alcohol is a drug, a legal drug. But uh, I'm a responsible drinker. Uh, that's why I decided to never have children. Yay. I love drugs. I never want to have kids. Hooray. My favorite drug is actually called midazolam. None of you love drugs enough. Midazolam is a benzodiazepine. It's a short-lived, fast-acting benzodiazepine. It's like a super Valium. It's like lorazepam or diazepam. Doctors actually call them the two-pam family. Give them two-pam. I love benzos. Woo! I do. I love benzos so much. I love them so much. Usually, they give you midazolam when you get an abortion. That's when you usually get that five-minute, happy, great feeling. Oh, and I only have one regret about my second abortion. So they've given me the midazolam. My feet are up in the stirrups. The doctor's looking very kind-faced between my legs, and he says, Pam, um, this is a five-minute procedure, and some people talk, and some people don't talk. And I said, has anyone ever told jokes? <laughs> For realsies, I told jokes during my second abortion. They did! Oh my God, it was a killer five. It was, woo, it was a bringer show. I left it there. Uh, but the only regret I have about my second abortion is they wouldn't let me take my phone in, so I couldn't tape the set. So was it life-changing? Were those the best jokes I've ever told? What jokes did I tell? I can't remember. Do I care? Not really. That's the only regret I have about my second abortion. Okay, cool. That's my new, like, silly little opening thing. Uh, one more thing about you. I can tell, I can guess how all of you smoke pot. You have a bong in your trunk. I can tell. Is this true? You have a water pipe in your back pocket. Break it out. You smell like bong water. That's good. I feel like, uh, Ezra, in the back, you, you roll the most perfect expert spliffs. Like, I feel like there's a pencil, there's like a tool that you use to make them tight. Like, tight, keep it tight. What I've been trying to do, keep it tight. Okay. 
Cool. Uh, Your next comedian, I know how she smokes pot. She's got a tiny pipe, and she takes little tiny bits of weed, little itty-bitty bits, she puts them in, and then she smokes She's super cute and super wonderful, and she smokes a lot of pot. Put your hands together for your first comedian, everybody, Lauren Kraut. Yay! Thank you. I got... I got uh, some new jokes and some new jokes. And uh, do you think cavemen needed eight hours of sleep? And if they did, how did they figure that out? What was eight hours? These are the things that are keeping me up in the middle of the night. I wrote, I wrote this down at 2.13 a.m. That's fucking, fucking crazy. Don't ever say to a comedian after you've uh, after they've done a set uh, after they've done a set, did you have fun? <laughs> don't don't say that. Don't say or how do you think it went? Unless you're already knee deep in the discussion of how they th- thought it went and you're, you're already asking all these other questions. But if you just see them after a show, or after they've gone up and you say, did you have fun? That's a dead giveaway that you either did not see the the set or you thought it was terrible. And either one is a terrible thing, so don't do it. That's just a um, PSA. Um, Have you ever noticed that the expression, has it ever happened before, comes in handy more often than not? Has it ever happened before? It's kind of like a diagnostic tool that doctors use when you tell them, uh, my eye is all red. Has it ever happened before? No. All right, that's not it. I just, that's just came out of me in the middle of the night on Saturday. Um, somebody said to me, it's not meant to be understood. It's one of those types of experiences. That's all. I don't know. Uh, what else do we have? How we talk is pretty amazing when you think about it. You get an idea, an impulse, a desire to express yourself, to say something to somebody. The words come out of your mouth. It's magic. It's like a thought goes to, to out of your mouth and then it's words. And then the great thing is that you understand what I'm saying. But the fun part is when you don't understand what I'm saying, when miscommunication has happened. You misunderstand what I'm saying, and I'm talking gibberish. And w- that made me think of what was the, the first caveman who talked? How weird was that? And it was, wasn't even real communication because it wasn't, it wasn't a common language yet. It was more pointing and ugh, and like, that. okay. That's another one that came out at, at 2 o'clock in the morning. Um, how about some real jokes? How about... <laughs> How about a song? Um, oh, I hate to have an existential crisis. Thank you. When I'm on stage in front of all of you, questioning life's meaning and its purpose, not finding any and letting you all down. Okay. Oh, I hate to have an existential crisis when none of my jokes and I premises work. <laughs> Thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. Oh, hey.
Lauren Kraut, everyone, has been thinking a lot about cavemen. Hooray. All right, your next comedian coming up. Put your hands together, everybody, for Spencer Devine. were tickets to this open mic one billion dollars ah we're so lucky ah, i'm so excited i'm having a baby ah, no 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 don't take me out i want to see where this goes thematically ah, ah, calm down okay we only have so much time guess what chicken butt all right vibe check complete we can get into the comedy uh, I have a good, so this is a, uh, an impression I wrote today, okay? So, uh, this is my impression of a penguin, okay? And he's doing the song, I Know What Boys Like from the Waitress. And some people might be like, Spencer... That's an impression of a duck doing uh, the song, by the way. Oh, but completely different. Get out of here. The government's trying to kill us all, okay? Don't leave the tags on your mattresses. That's how they track you. Throw that out the window. If you see a ladder, walk right under that ladder. It's their fault for putting it there. You know... If I lived with a black cat, though, I'd fucking cross that motherfucker's path all the time. That cat has enough power over my life. I don't need to give it where I go as well. And uh, people might be like, oh, the, the country is run by lizard people. You would notice if there was a lizard person, okay? Just look out, and if you see someone running from the sun to the shade and just freezing, you know? Doing a weird blinky thing. It's very obvious. If someone has their tail cut off and it regrows, lizard person. Uh, who here's a dog person, huh? And I mean a fan of dogs and not half dogs. Okay, uh, notice how everyone who, you know, everyone who responded, great. You're judging the people who didn't respond because that's way more serious of a question now than it used to be. It used to be like, ah, oh, do you like dogs? I like dogs fine. Wonderful. We can go on with our day. Now it's like, do you like dogs? Because they want to know if you're a sociopath and if they can trust you. If you don't like dogs, th 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 it's a test. If someone wants to know if you're a cat person, it's because they're worried about you, okay? If someone wants to know if you're a lizard person, it's because you move from the sun to the shade and you freeze and you eat insects, okay? Any of your friends that have ever told you to eat a cricket, probably a lizard person, okay? Have you ever been sitting at the table with someone and you're like, oh, hey, I've noticed you haven't blinked for a long time. And also, that your extra layer of skin that you left on the floor of this Sizzlers. But are you a dog person? And they say, oh, I'm not sure. And then you shoot them because that's a much more serious question than it used to be. And you got to take it seriously. Thank you. I've been Spencer Devine. <laughs>
Take him seriously. It's Spencer Divine, everyone. Why can't Californians have guns? Because they're always triggered. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Your next comedian, a super funny guy. Clap your hands together for Devondre Coleman. I don't think Spencer took one breath. I'm afraid. Yeah, make some noise if you have a smartphone. Cool. What's your favorite app on your phone? Twitter? You just like talking to strangers? Cool. What's your least favorite app? Blonde hair. You don't have a smartphone? You don't have, what's, what app do you think is the weirdest? You, you got all normal apps? Reddit? Yeah, that's a very Caucasian app. I, I agree with that one. Oh, yeah, I think Uber is the weirdest app. Because Uber is the only app that requires you to spend intimate alone time with randomly selected strangers. Like, how do they pitch that for people in a meeting? Like, yo, what if we could give rides to random people, but only you two knew about it? Like, a trafficking app, but it's working now. I got into Uber recently, and uh, my Uber driver was playing Beautiful Girl by Sean Kingston. Yeah, first of all, red flag. This is not a person you want to ask how their night's going. And it only got worse as the drive got longer because he had it on repeat. That means he was playing the song before I got in the car. He'll probably be playing it after I got out. I just stopped and wondered, like, how many times do you need to play this song before you pull over and call her? Oh, yeah. I've been thinking about racism. Any of y'all proudly Caucasian? Cool. It's okay to be Caucasian. You just can't be proud of it right now. I, uh, I was on Tinder earlier, and I saw this lady. Her bio was one sentence, all caps. It said, only looking for all Americans. I don't know if she's looking for somebody that's super patriotic or super athletic. But I've been thinking about racism a lot, like, because one of the homies, he asked me this dumbass question earlier. Does it stop Asian hate? We all agree that we should stop Asian hate, correct? Cool. Colin, you were probably white and you didn't say correct, so I'm more afraid. I, uh, but I was, I was talking to, it's, it's, it's a joke. It's cool. <laughs> I was talking to one of the homies about the Stop Asian Hate campaign, and he was like, what's that for? And I was like, Asian people are being assaulted in the streets in the Bay Area. And he was like, it's just one dude doing that? Like, how stupid do you have to be? Like, he thinks there's somebody who wakes up every morning and is like, it's Asian hate time. But I, I, it did make me think about, like, how racism works. Like, do you think racism is like having a superpower? Like Cyclops, when he opens his eyes, those lasers come out. He can't help it. So, like, do Asians wake up thinking about how much they hate niggas? Or is it like being a vegan? It's like, they probably don't think about vegetables all day. But if they hear you talking about food, they're going to bring it up. And, like, can they be accidentally tolerant? Like, if a racist is walking through the Home Depot and they bump into a nigga's cart, if they say, oh, my bad, like, is that against their rules? Cool. Um, what other jokes did I want to work on? I think that's all. Thank you for the time, Pam. Will you stay up there? I have a question. I don't understand the my bad joke at the end. The racism in the my bad. Can you explain it Oh, to me? my bad is like an apology, like sorry. 
Right. But but so my bad because they bumped they like they're being tolerant, like they bumped into a black person and they said my bad. And I just need to work on it, obviously. Well, I know. I'm just curious because is it like, is it somehow in your mind like it's like some sort of reparations because they said my bad or is it not enough or is it bad that they said anything or? Yeah, I mean, like sh- if, they- if I was racist, I would never want to apologize to the oh. minorities. Oh, so the pre- so I missed the premise that the person in Home Depot is it's exceedingly racist yeah. and they bump and they say my bad and then you're okay, 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 now I get it. My racism might just be built different. It's fine. I'm, Yo, I'm dedicated I to these causes. To, I just wanted to get it and we had time. Everybody clap your hands together for Devondre Coleman. Yay! <laughs> Woo! All right. Um, I'm excited for your next comedian. Put your hands together, everybody, for Brady Pearson! <laughs> Happy Monday, everybody. How you doing? Uh, and I've been getting older. Been around a long time. I mean, I remember, like, let's see, I've outlived AIDS, monkeypox, COVID, Roe v. Wade. And I keep, I have this question. It's like, and I'm, today I'm a little troubled because does anybody remember Leslie Jordan? Leslie, Leslie Jordan. Do we know who Leslie Jordan is? He passed away today. I'm devastated. And it really makes me think about, is there a God? Right? I'm thinking, because I think of another faggot that should die in a car crash, and that would be Lindsey Graham. Does anybody else know who Lindsey Graham is? Okay, so you know who he is. He's like, he's like this faggot who had a press conference about women's choice. Do you remember that? He brought out some mechanical people behind him. And thing that makes me wonder about Leslie fucking, uh, not, excuse me, about Lindsey fucking Graham is that that man has not seen a vagina since he left one. And I can tell you he's never looked back. And, you know, I think about, like, what kind, I mean, who's going to touch this old faggot? Not me, not anyone else. And I think about the this, this super hooker that he must have to hire. Now, that, that person has to have, like, nerves of steel. The most paid, the most incredible thing ever. It's like, oh my God. See, this is why it's a new joke. But I'm getting there. I'd also like to talk about as we get older, our thirst for nostalgia. And it concerns me, like everything old is new again. Right, we have a reboot of everything. So is anyone, does anybody remember Harrison Ford? Okay. Does anybody remember Star Wars? See him in that, we loved him in that, right? We loved him in Indiana Jones. And we keep bringing him back. Did anyone see him in 2049? Did anyone see the most recent one, 2049? Did you know that he broke a wrist filming that and they had to shut production down? And did you also know that when he filmed, I believe it was Star Wars, oh my God, I can't believe they made another one, that he broke, I think, a, a leg or another arm and in between the filming of those two movies, he actually crashed a plane twice? And I'm worried that we keep bringing him back and like, if we can carry fish or that shit, if we can drag Carrie Fisher's dead ass through space with frost, can't we just save Harrison Ford? Oh, and by the way, and this is also not a joke, unfortunately, or maybe it is, there is going to be um, an Indiana Jones 5. They're going to have to pull that whip from his dead cold hands. And he, I think he actually even said that. Does anybody know that reference, Charlton Heston? I know. So, see, that's when you get older, you don't know quite what's going on okay well gosh you know i feel so so warm and 
in honor of my beloved Leslie Jordan, I'd like to sing a song for a musical that I never wrote called Little Orphan Fanny. Here's to you, Leslie. Rest. Your son will come out tomorrow. That'll be a bottom and he'll swallow all my cum. He'll be gay and he won't be lonely. I'll jizz on his chin. He'll grin and say, tomorrow, tomorrow, I'll bottom tomorrow. It's only a gay away. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Brady. Brady. I mean, are you going to dress up as little orphan Fanny for Halloween with a little red wig and a little thing and sing your song on every street corner? I think yeah, you should. I Maybe. I, I can help you find a wig. I'm sure you don't have any trouble actually finding a wig, sweet baby. Your next comedian. Clap your hands together for Ezra Lux. Woo! I'll get Uh, hey guys, um, my uh, my neighbor Ricky, he's great. Uh, he was telling me about how he met his uh, current girlfriend. He said, uh, yeah, she's awesome. I met her on this website, blackpeoplemeet.com. And he's old, just like in case you know. And I was thinking like, I'm sure that website's great, but the name is like really bad because I keep thinking of a website for like racist cannibals. <laughs> <laughs> That was dumb. <laughs> Why did I write that? Fuck. Um, <laughs> that's the, I like the delayed, like, yeah, that was all right. Um, I, uh, I just graduated from college, which uh, I know is not real. Yeah, woo. Um, I know college is not real, uh, at least like liberal arts college, because my college did not have grades. They did uh, this thing called narrative evaluations. <laughs> Which, if you don't know what that is, it's like you don't get an A through F. They just like kind of write a paragraph about how you improved. And I was thinking, like, that's clearly not a thing that would work in real life because if you went to like a restaurant and you looked in the window for that familiar C minus on the wall <laughs> and you didn't see it, and it was just this giant paragraph of like, well, so at the beginning of the year, four people died of food poisoning, but recently things have really improved. <laughs> That would not work. <laughs> or like you're at the DMV, you're like, well, at the beginning of your driving exam, you ran someone over, but you didn't at the end. So I say that that's improvement. <laughs> um, I, uh, I'm i a big fan of the video game Street Fighter 2, but it is, uh, I think, not very realistic to all the street fights that I've witnessed. Um, if that game was more realistic, it would be like press A to say, you want to go outside? And then press B to retreat from the situation. <laughs> And then, like, every round would just end with the police showing up and you trying to blame, like, M. Bison for starting it. <laughs> um, the only thing that is realistic, though, is, like, there's that character in that game, Zangief, who really is accurately, like, that's all the guys that are really good at fighting do look like that guy. Um, let's see here. Uh, yeah, I have very low self-esteem. Um, yeah, woo. Um... <laughs> I'm going to tell you why this is good. Um, I was waiting in line yesterday at Walgreens, and this guy was trying to return an opened box of Magnum condoms. <laughs> so, you know, it's good to have low self-esteem in that case. 
He was like going up to the uh, cashier and was like very adamant. He was like, these are wrong. That was what he kept saying, which is true technically. I guess he was wrong. They're for the wrong sized penis for him. <laughs> but he was demanding that they let him get his money back for this like open box of condoms, which had like, you know, five left or whatever. And I was like, I aspire to be that cheap. <laughs> I um, I am a big fan of the show uh, Hoarders and its related show Cribs. Um, these are really the same show. Hoarders is just the show Cribs. You just have to change your perspective because it is Cribs for rats. Um, I think every episode of of Hoarders, there's always like this palatial box of like old newspapers just infested with rats and you just gotta zoom in. That's like rat fifty cent with his like awesome friends hanging out in his rat mansion. What am I talking about? <laughs> um and uh yeah it's weird though because it's like you know that's that's the real class difference is if you're like hoarding dumb rich people shit it's not hoarders anymore. It's like awesome it's cribs. Um although I did realize one thing from hoarders is that like you can have an amount of beanie babies that will get the government to declare you clinically insane. <laughs> Which, that's cool. <laughs> anyway, that's all I got. Thanks, guys. Yay, Ezra! Ezra, please watch the, the amazing animated feature, The Rats of Nim. Please watch that. I know it's way before your time, but it will, it will, it will help your rat hoarding because they build a whole society out of leftover stuff from humans. It's a movie from the late 70s, early 80s by Don Bluth. It's called The Rats of Nim. It's based off Mrs. Frisbee and The Rats of Nim. No one knows how to read anymore. Your next comedian, clap your hands together for Jared Senna! What's up, people? How are we doing? Good, good, great, great. I'm in a bad mood. Uh, thank you. Thanks for caring about me. Um, I tried to buy condoms today. They were the wrong size. <laughs> a little too big, some may say unrealistic. <laughs> I tried to uh, get my refund. They said, no, just pick your own size next time. So I threw it at him. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Not having a good day, but on the bright side, I am doing good overall. I actually uh, just quit my day job. Thank you. You hate work. <laughs> oh, really? What do you do? You're a teacher? Wait, you, so you like, you make the books and stuff. Oh, okay. Just trying to guess. Anyways. So like I was saying, I quit my day job. Uh... It was it was cool. I was a barista in downtown San Francisco. It was fun. It's just I dealt with a fuck ton of crackheads every day. Um, um, I used to deal with them a lot. Um, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. They're nice people. They're misunderstood. It's just it gets a little tiring trying to remind people several times a week that a coffee shop is not the place to be jerking off. Thank you. Thank you, Miss Education Researcher. She writes the McGraw-Hill books, everybody. <laughs> this is her. This is her. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I've been trying to get that one to work, but I guess not. You guys ever, like, walk around downtown SF high as fuck? Feels like a video game, especially when you encounter crackheads. Feel like you're dealing with NPCs. You know. I don't have a punchline for that. That's just a funny observation I had. Sorry, Spencer. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It's good. Okay, I may look like a big loser now, but... You guys won't believe it, but I was popular in high school at one point. Thank you. Thank you, Kavita. Um, yeah, uh, I was known by everybody. Uh, back then, I was known as that one kid that got hit by a car. Uh, yeah, I was on my way to smoke weed with my friend at a local park, and I got hit as I was skateboarding across the street. You know, it's funny. My grandma always told me that smoking weed would put me in the hospital. I didn't think she meant it would involve a fucking Kia. Uh, you know, um, it was really hard to walk because I was in a full body cast and in a wheelchair. But it was really easy for me to find a homecoming date. I just went up to the hottest girl I knew and just guilt tripped the shit out of her. At first, it didn't work. But then... Uh, eventually, she gave in when I told her that I dropped the charges I filed for hitting me in the first place. All right. That, that was a lukewarm performance. Give it up for me like I just killed everybody. Yay! Yeah! Give it up for Pam! Yay! Stay up there for a second. I have two tags for you. Wait, wait, wait. Stay up there. I have two tags for you. I have two tags for you. One, here's one tag. So you say... You say that they shouldn't jack off. It's not the place to be jacking off. You have the opportunity to say where they should jack off. So you can choose, like, in that rich guy's car over there, or you can do crowd work. You can say, hey, where do you think they should jack off? But after you say, I have to tell them that a coffee shop isn't the place to be jacking off, you should be doing it in my mom's house or whatever. I'm, there's a tag. <laughs> yeah, there's – exactly, right? There's a – so – Think of that. Think of something after that. Tell them where they should jack off. That's the ending to that joke, right? Or what's a, and then here's the other one. This is just a, this is just a gift. You get hit by the car. Um, just throw blunt force trauma in there because it has to deal with weed and you're getting hit. Oh, that's clever. Blunt force trauma, uh, like you got, because you were going to cross the street to go smoke weed. You got hit by the car, and then that was blunt force trauma. I think there's a tag there. There's a. That's brilliant, Pam. In the middle. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, everybody, clap your hands together for Jared Senna. Hey, moving right along. Okay, your next comedian. Clap your hands together, everybody, for Denise Lee. Yay! I'm pretty stressed out. I have to go do comedy at a strip club after this. I don't think this is the proper dress code. <laughs> okay, um, so so I'm really bad at making small talk at parties. Like I really wanna, you know, connect with people, but I think I don't know how to ease into it. Like I went to a party and I asked someone if they were going home for the holidays and they were like, no, I always stay here. And I was like, oh, you must have a lot of childhood trauma. Do you wanna discuss it? <laughs> Or like I went up to another person and they were telling about their childhood and they were telling about how they moved around a lot. And I was like, oh, do you have a lot of commitment issues now as an adult? 
I, I think I'm also too honest, you know, like I think I'm way too honest when people ask me how I'm doing. I'll just say something like, oh, I want to throw myself out a window today. And they're like, oh, no. And I'm like, it's okay. I live on the first floor. <laughs> it's fine. My favorite drug is Molly. Uh, Molly is my absolute favorite drug uh, for other people. I've personally never tried it. But people just get so nice when they're on Molly, you know? I get so many compliments that may or may not be true. <laughs> but when I'm having a bad week or when I'm, like, when my self-esteem is really low, I just text all my friends and I'm just like, who wants to do Molly? I want to watch. <laughs> I want compliments. <laughs> Someone was like, why don't you just do it, you know? Like, you'll be so much happier. And I was like, but I'm so happy when someone else is nice to me. Um, okay, I wrote some jokes last night at like 1 a.m., so we'll see how they go. Uh, I, have a, I have a boxing bag at home, so I started boxing for self-defense, uh, which means that if I got into a fight with someone, I would definitely win if they didn't move at all. Bonus if they're shaped like a boxing bag. Uh, I, I I like it when men buy me flowers. Like, I'm not really typically into romantic gestures, but there's just something I love about a man buying flowers. Like, it just says that they have so much disposable income that they can buy me something with no functional purpose, and it's going to die in, like, two days. You know, I think that's pretty beautiful. Uh, I don't I don't drink a lot because I think I make enough dumb decisions sober, you know, and, and like when men offer to buy me a drink, it's not that I want to reject them necessarily, but I just don't want to drink. Like I wish I could trade drinks for other stuff, you know, like a coupon. Like if they're like, can I buy you a drink? I'll be like, no, but how about fries instead? <laughs> We're not sharing. <laughs> uh, I, I, I love dirty talk. Like if, like I was once with a guy and he was like, "You're a little slut," and I was like, "Yay!" <laughs> I was like, "Do I look like I get laid often?" That's very nice of you to say. And he was like, you're ruining the moment. And I was like, but my self-esteem just really skyrocketed. So that's nice. So he was like, I just want to humiliate you. And I was like, I stand on stage and talk to complete strangers. You can't. You can't humiliate me. It's not possible. Um, OK, I think that's all for me. Thank you. Keep your hands clapping for Denise Lee, everyone. Yay. It's a really fun show at the Condor. It really is fun. It's a cordless mic, so just talk to the people. They all want to laugh. They all want to laugh. Last week, I took I, I took my I took my top off last week, but I killed. Before, I mean, I only took I only I only showed my tits for like two minutes, but out of ten, you don't have to show your tits. I'm just saying I did because I it was fun, but but it were it but if the guy you'll do great as long as you talk to them and like make and you can make eye contact with them, they want they want it. I'm telling you. They're in a strip club. They want it. They, you, really, you'll be fine. You don't have to take. I only took my top off because it's the only appropriate place where I can take my top off. You're, I'm sorry. I always wanted to be a stripper. Now I'm 48. Uh, you're, they talk to, it's Mike Evans Jr. Talk to him. It's a great show. It's really fun. It's a hella funny show. It was stacked last week. It was really fun. 
put your hand stacked, not just stacked with boo. It was like, it was, you know, full of people. Fuck you guys. You're gross. I have no boobs. Your next comedian. Uh, hey, he's he's been coming back and forth, and he's great. He's um, welcome to the group, everybody. Uh, Mark Paladic Chicken in Bip Paladic, something like that. I can't pronounce your last name. I'm sorry. Pal chick, like the friend of a small chicken. Thank you, Pam. I'm 72. Hey, but unlike you guys, I'm not old. I got plenty of energy. I walk my dog every day, twice a day for two hours. Should only be an hour and a half, but you know that dog stops every 10 minutes so I can pee? Ever since I started working remotely, I rarely know what day it is. Do you guys have that problem? Last Monday, I got up. I got dressed for church, and then I remember, that's stupid. I don't go to church on Monday morning. I'm Jewish. I don't go to church at all. Yesterday, I was at the Fairmont Hotel downtown with my friend Zach. I looked out the window, and there's a homeless guy in a tent making a cappuccino. In a tent, the cappuccino maker. I mean, how much more bay bougie could you possibly be? My friend Zach says, wait, that's Mr. Kent. He's my son's English teacher. That's the best house he can, he can afford. Nah, that's not true. It's his parents' tent. When I, when I first asked out the woman that became my wife, she turned me down. I'm going to a movie called A Man and a Woman. So two months later, I called her again because I'm not a quitter. And she said yes. So I decided to really impress her and take her to a sequel, A Man and a Wife. When we walked into the State Theater, we were the only couple there. The other patrons were three men in trench coats with newspapers on their laps. Not a sequel, a porno. Several years later, and by the way, great first date. So several years later, my oldest sons were six and eight. They loved Flash Gordon. So I decided to get them the sequel, Flash Gordon. Yeah, not a sequel, a porno. But look, it all worked out great. My wife and I have been together for more than 50 years. All three of my sons are married, except I'm not allowed to ever pick out a movie. But I wonder, do you think my granddaughter would like Bambi 2 Behind the Bleachers? I think it's a sequel. I live in Washington, D.C., and I love it. Except, you know, it's getting way too expensive. You wouldn't believe what it costs these days to buy a politician. And they're not worth it. Both D.C. and Georgia have politicians that tweeted, the Jews control the weather. Oh, come on. We haven't been able to control the weather since we left Egypt the first time. And let me tell you a little secret. If we really had that superpower, we'd just keep Manhattan a toasty 78 degrees. I hate the fact that just because I'm over 70, you all think that I'm old. That on the BART, pregnant women give me their seats. And that my only pickup line is help. I've fallen and I can't get up. Because you see, old age is an attitude, not a number. Well, unless you've been pushed out of your job because of your age like me. Then it's a slow tumble. You lose your job. You lose all sense of purpose. Before you know it, you are sitting in death's waiting room. 
Walnut Creek. I'm Mark Palchik. Thank you very much. Hey, Mark Palchik. Did you come all the way in from Walnut Creek in your Tesla? Look at you. Oh, that's so sweet. No, that's great. I just took the BART from Walnut Creek today because my rich friend took me on vacation this weekend. So yay for Walnut Creek people. And old, yay, rich old dudes. Yay. Um, thanks for uh, doing the thing and staying alive, bro. 72. That's great. My mom is older than that. She didn't look good. Uh, you look great. Your next comedian, clap your hands together. He looks great. And he drives a really cool motorcycle now. Uh, put your hands together for Colin Braun. Yay. Um, I don't want to sound pretentious, but that's just how I was raised. Uh, I got some mail for a previous tenant, and I wrote Return to Sender on it. And that made me think of that song by Elvis, Return to Sender. You guys, you guys know this song? Well, if you're not familiar with the song, it's a very sweet song about a very sweet man who can't take a very clear hint. Does anyone here have a fantasy football team? Sorry, um, I mean, does anyone else here have a football team fantasy? We all registered to vote. I hope everyone votes. Like any, like any other self-respecting gay man, I am emphatically voting yes on D. And I'm voting no on E, because I have work in the morning. People will uh, tell me lies. They'll tell me sweet little lies. Your table will be ready in five minutes. You look great today, or you had a great set. Someone asked me, I was drinking wine recently because I'm uh, better than you, and um, someone asked me if I prefer reds or whites, and obviously I prefer reds. Only Republicans prefer whites. All right, that was dumb. I'm not going to do that one again. I apologize. I work in construction. I've been focused on my work. Um, we're doing all this work with structural steel, so I apologize if I'm a bit rusty. Um, why did the iron worker blush? Because his foreman made him erect. What's the best part about hooking up with foreman? There are four of them. If you're looking to get properly nailed, though, I recommend a union carpenter. Guys, we have to be honest with ourselves. We have a messed up country, a fucked up system. A white man in my neighborhood killed eight homeless people. And our system is so broken that I still walk free. All right, I've, I've gotten some flack because apparently I've written a lot of jokes recently about killing homeless people. But I've also written a lot of jokes about killing myself, and I'm still here, terrorizing the neighborhood with my screams in the night. I recently got divorced, and uh, you know, a good relationship is like a sleeping bag. It's familiar, keeps you warm, even when you're in distant places. Uh, but a bad relationship is like a homeless man's sleeping bag. You know there's shit in there, but until you've been in one, you have no idea. 
and there's nothing to do but drink and masturbate. Thank you. Um, lastly, I went to uh, North Carolina recently. I went to a bar that had a lot of, um, like, growlers and things. A growler, you know, it's one of those big bottles that you can get um, that has, you know, a lot of, uh, where the fuck is that little god damn it that I made? And, uh, you know, you get, like, a 64-ounce big, big old bottle of uh, the, um, the draft beer of your choosing. They also have crowlers, which is a growler, but it's a can. It's 32 ounces, uh, but in a can of the, of the draft beer of your choosing. And um, I have an idea for um, a howler. It's, it's a 64-ounce bottle of the draft beer of your choosing, and when you open it up, it goes, ah! Um, and then there's, then there's the brawler, which is, um, it's a, it's, it's a growler, but it's in a, it's in a plastic shopping bag. Uh, then there's the towler, which is 64 ounces of the draft beer of your choosing, uh, absorbed into a 36 by 48 beach towel that you wring out over a set of glasses as a party trick. And then there's the fowler, which is a turkey hollowed out and filled with 86 ounces of the draft beer of your choosing. <laughs> And then there's the uh, Prowler, which is a guy in a trench coat, and he will occasionally just pull out a can from one of the pockets and throw it at you, and it will be 12 ounces of the draft beer of your choosing. And then there's the Valor, which is a Marine Corps veteran um, in a trench coat. Same guy as the Prowler. Uh, his name is Keith. He works in the kitchen. Uh, then there's the Trowler, which is a small garden shovel, which is filled with eight ounces of the uh, draft beer of your choosing. Then there's the Flowler, which is a dozen roses um, cut at the stem in a vase with 28 ounces of the beer of your choosing. The roses will not last long. Um, and then there's the Colon Powler, which it's supposed to contain alcohol, but actually it turns out there was never any alcohol in there and a million Iraqis are dead. Um, and then there's the, the White Powler, which is a regular growler, but it has this cute little pointy white hat on. And lastly, um, there's the Nowler, which is a growler, but it doesn't come with a lid, and you need to finish it before you leave. I hope you didn't drive. My name is Colin Braun. Thank you very much. Hey, Colin Braun, everyone. That was lovely. I actually had to, it's okay, I wiped tears off my face. That was beautiful. Your next comedian, clap your hands together for Kelly Evans. Hello, Mutiny Radio. How's it going? Uh, I am from Texas. Is anyone else here? Woo! Unvaccinated? Nice. We got unvaxxed in the house. You know, I find a lot of people, uh, I got vaccinated, I think like all of you, because uh, I live in San Francisco, and I want you to like me. You know, I want to hang out at your party. Please, just invite me. That's what we were doing. I did zero research, all right? Make some noise if you did research. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Zero people. Yeah, I uh, I was first in line. I told them I was 65. I had zero kidneys. Put it in me. Fuck it, you know? Because I hadn't seen people in a fucking a year, all right? I needed to see people. There, I understand why people feel the need not to get vaccine, because they were seeing people all the time, you know? Except for their grandparents, because they died. They died, because they killed them. Um, all right, that's fun. Somebody's got a snack here. Um uh, all right, uh, I've been thinking about this a lot, lady, because uh, you know they've been people have been talking about like corporate jobs, saying that we're all family, and I think that makes a lot of sense because I hate my family, I do. So <laughs> every minute when I'm with them, I'm like, I should, I want to leave or poop or as much as long as possible. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's just like I, I've been thinking like about that, and then you know the idea that like uh, people say mom is the hardest job in the world. 
And I just don't think it's really a job. You know, if I had to work a job where my success was contingent upon me loving people, I'd be like, I'd be like I'm going to fail this job. I'm going to... I am horrible at my job. You know what I do when I go to a job? I steal from that job. I sleep with my coworkers. You can't do that as a parent. You know, I'm just saying, don't fuck your kids. Is what I'm saying? Um, yeah. Um, I'm just saying there's only one way out of parenthood, all right? Death. That's it. You or them, you choose. You pick one. Um <laughs> Oh, here's something. Uh, I, I my uh, uncle didn't want to get vaccinated, and uh, he now he blames every every possible ill in the world on somebody getting vaccinated. The other day we were, he's like Detroit Lions. They had to carry a guy off the field. He was vaccinated. I was like, <laughs> I was like, it was like he got his head smashed in by a linebacker. I'm pretty sure that wasn't the vaccine, but I could be wrong. <laughs> He was like, man, you, you, our cousin, your cousin, he got vaccinated and then he lost his job. He's been sick all the time. He lost all this weight. I'm like, he's on meth. What the fuck are you talking about? None of these are vaccine problems. He just, it's everything is the vaccine. He brings it up constantly. It's so fucking annoying. I had other family members who hesitated, but they at least got vaccinated. One guy, because The Rock did, but I feel like. I mean, I guess I get that. The Rock knows a lot about injections, you know? Um, yeah, vaccines, HGH, steroids, mostly. Uh, what'd you say? No, no, no. He's clearly on steroids. Holy shit. Has anybody looked at The Rock recently? He's 55 years old and 275 pounds of lean muscle mass. That is... I can't do that now, all right? Okay, well, not that we have the same genetics, but still, you get it. It's not because he's... Um, God, I forgot the island. Anyway, uh, what else was going to say? Oh, this is the other thing. You know, I'm curious uh, if how many of you would have got vaccinated as soon as possible if uh, Trump had the vaccine? Was that make some noise? Yeah, that. thank you. Yeah, a couple of people. Most of us probably wouldn't. Right. We'd be like, it'd be named the trunk vaccine. You'd have to get it injected in your pussy. That'd be the way to do it. Um, all right. That was a strong way to end. <laughs> thank you very much. Kelly Evans, everyone. Huzzah. All right, we have seven comedians left, and we're moving along. Your next comedian. I finally know who she is. Yay, put your hands together for Candy B. Steele. Woo! Hi. Hey. Hi. This is my first time doing My fifth time. Um, so this is, I, this is, I, this is, I, I, joke, I just joke workshop, but only the first people get the workshop. But if you have notes for me, just know this is really workshopping up here. Okay. So take those notes, give them to me. I'm not afraid of you. You don't need to be afraid of me. I was on my way. This is not the joke we're workshopping. Just so you know, I was just I need to tell you this. I was trying to park and <sighs> there was poop, human, clearly human poop in the only parking spot that I could find. And I had to do this like calculation that was like, is it worth it to get human poop on the tires of my husband's Subaru? It's probably like, like, the, like it's already, the tires of the Subaru are already pretty gross. But I just think it's fucked up that I have to do that calculation. And then I'm sitting here and listening to all of the homeless, every single one of us has told a homeless joke so far. And I just want to mention, <laughs> I mean, 
Thank you. Yeah, clap for yourself. You told homeless jokes. The scary one. That was the guy who told the scary homeless jokes, just so you guys know. Um, the But, like, this is a solvable problem. We don't have to poop on streets. We So this is just a PSA. That's all. This is not a joke. We don't have to poop on streets. This is a solvable. We don't have to have homeless people. It's a thing we fucking chose. Okay. Um, so you might be able to tell I've been suffering from mania lately. Um, and I, and the way I know, one of the ways I, I, I've been, it's really been kind of an adventure to figure out like, when am I manic and when am I not manic? It feels like maybe all the time I'm manic. And, um, one of the ways I know when I'm manic is when I'm watching porn, I'm like, holy shit, this is a good script. These actors are fucking talented. And there's like social commentary. There was like a threesome happening and it was a white couple and then a, a woman of color was like, I don't know, their nanny or something employed by them. And there was something that was, I don't know. I was definitely manic, right? Because that, ha, has porn gotten better? Do I need to know about this? Because uh, I used to be a playwright and I didn't know that was like a path I could pursue. It's not too late though. Okay, here's another porn related commentary. Um, my boyfriend, husband, shit, I hope he's not listening. My husband informed me that um, TikTok is now going to have like a, a porn section. And I am stoked. That, I mean, right? This is great news. This is technology giving us what we need. So if we can solve all our porn needs, we've got to be able to solve this shit on the street problem. I mean, let's talk to the TikTok people. Okay, these are the actual jokes. Yeah, I'm at, now I'm down, I'm down to the actual jokes that I wanted to tell. Those were just things I wrote down while you guys were talking. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, there was one I forgot. It was really good because it was making me laugh. Um, poop on street, so many homeless jokes. The SF comedy scene is clearly traumatized because <laughs> all we can tell are, com oh, I'm not even going to get to my jokes, Pam. That's okay, that's okay. Um, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Thank you. Get to the joke. The um, Oh, but I just wanted to say, like, the reason... That must be why you all repeat all your jokes every time you come up here. It's because you're so traumatized by the homelessness of San Francisco. That didn't kill. The, San <laughs> the comics don't like that. Um, okay, here's the joke I'm trying to tell, which is something about... Shit, I'm never going to get through it. There's two of them. One of them... It's both of them are about, like, white people coming to America and then indigenous people. And the first joke goes... Uh, the first joke goes, like... They're translating shit, and they're like, look, this is a pumpkin. And they're like, oh, yeah, we call that pumpkin, but, you know, in a different language. And they're like, oh, look, this is a shoe. And they're like, oh, yeah, we call that shoe. And then they're doing, they're like, okay, and this is religion. And I don't know what they do, but they're like, like, like they're doing something like that. And then the Native American people are like, oh, yeah, religion. We have sun. We have trees. And they're like, you don't get it. You, <laughs> you, guys, you guys don't get it. We'll teach you. That's such a shitty way to interact with people you just met. You're like, no, nah, I'm sorry, you don't understand what we're talking about. Okay, that's, so that's the one joke. And then the second joke, which is supposed to be connected, is that the Native Americans um, are actually didn't get like pushed off their land. They were like tired of the white people, and they just left. They were like, oh, God, these white people have this fucking scarcity mindset, and they're hoarding everything, even though we live in this place where there is way more than we need. So fine, we'll just leave them because they keep taking our shit. And then the white people want to take that land too. And they're like, okay, fine. And they, they gave us gold. And they're like, okay, the gold, sure, it's nice. And then they come back and they're like, actually, we want that land that you're on <laughs> again. And they're like, there's only like 
1,400 of you, just like settle the fuck down. And they're like, and this time they give them green paper. <laughs> and they're like, you actually made this up. This is green paper. Sorry, Pam, thank you. You gotta just, you gotta yell at me. Okay, thank you, bye. Hey, I didn't wanna yell at you, Candy Beastiel. Yay. I also learned a lot this week about the Washoe tribe. We'll have a good conversation about it. It'll be fun. They tried to help this, the Donner Party, and the Donner Party shot at them. They were trying, the Washoe tribe was trying to give them a dead deer, and they were like trying to help them because they knew they were starving. And then the dumb white people shot at them. <laughs> anyway, the Donner Party didn't have to eat each other, they could have just listened to the fucking Indians. I mean, Native Americans. God, I'm so racist. Yeah, it just, it's just ingrained in everything. Your next comedian, everybody put your hands together for Sam West. Yay! What's up, everybody? The social awkwardness of getting up too early to come to the stage is way worse than potentially bombing. Holy shit, I'm glad to be here. I was inside doing chores all goddamn day. All day. I know I have a drug problem because I can't do basic household chores anymore. Like, today I was trying to vacuum, and I fucked it up. Headphones were so loud, didn't hear the vacuum was off the whole time. It's like, fuck, man. I just gave my house a 47-minute belly rub. My dad and I are really close. Him and I, single father, real good father-son bond. He was always there for me. I remember one time I woke up and caught the monster under my bed masturbating. I did what any terrified child would do, called out for my dad. Dad, dad. And he came so fast. <laughs> I'm not into promiscuous hookups, you know? Like, I want the strings attached. That's why I only fuck puppets. I had to break it off with Pinocchio last week because he kept saying kinky shit during sex. He, he kept saying, I'm a real boy. My girlfriend and I wanted to get a dog, but we didn't think we were ready, so we adopted a highway. <laughs> we had to put it down. It was horrible. Got run over by a car. <laughs> I'm down with progressivism, but I can't keep up with the acronyms, you know? Like, I was on, on board with LGBTQ, all right? POTUS, losing me a little bit. We used to just say the president of the United States, you know? SCOTUS, I'm starting to fall off, you know? Like, all right, just the court is cool with me, you know? I really got lost, because we used to just say transgender Ukrainian people of color. <laughs> you know? Now it's Tupac. <laughs> <laughs> My girlfriend needs me to be more inclusive, so I started doing DIY projects. I like creative DIY. So I put a bunch of braille on my windows describing the view outside. <laughs> and now my blinds feel included. <laughs> my parents broke up when I was little. My dad caught my mom cheating. And I think it's really dramatic to ruin a nice family over a board game. <laughs> I'm losing my eyesight, losing it fast. I work on the computer, and I stare at a screen all day. And that's how I know my porn addiction's getting really out of control. <laughs> I'm very white, if you can't tell. From Vermont, which is northeast, about as far as you can get from San Francisco in the CONUS. Darkest thing to come out of Vermont? 
grade A maple syrup. Statistically, Vermont is the whitest state. I think it goes back and forth with Maine. You know, like one family goes over the border to get their groceries. I don't know. I think part of puberty growing up in such a white place is acting like you're not white. I'll put it that way, right? Like, hear me, hear me here, and I'm not saying this is right, okay? When I was a freshman in high school, we all played basketball. We all had Vince Carter jerseys, Air Jordans. None of us could fucking dunk. We had one kid. His name was David. He was 6'11". He dunked it senior year. Whole town had an event, went crazy for him. All right, <laughs> I'll cut it there. Thanks, everybody. Sam West, everyone. Wait, were you the kid dunking? Because you're hella tall. Can you can't, you can't, oh, okay. Well, I mean, I have no idea how tall people are. She's not 6'11". Everybody, Sam West, yay. Uh, your next comedian, we're moving right along. Clap your hands in a wild slappy-like motion for Kava to sing, yay! So, I don't do one-night stands anymore, okay? I, I had one one-night stand, uh, and it was my last. I met a guy at a bar. Uh, he was 34, um, and I was like, yes! I was 22, okay? So, I was like, yes, like, I found a sexpert. You know, anytime he was, like, close to finishing early, he would do a minute of Lamaze, you know? Like, I, I thought I hit the jackpot. Um, and then, so we go home together, and, um, you know, like, we're doing foreplay, and I don't know, having sex with him was like making a sandcastle because his dick, dick kept like slipping through my fingers. And it was, it was rough. Like, you, you know, I was just like, I was like, um, what, what did I do? I was just like, I was like working the dough. You know, I was like working the dough, working the dough, working the dough. And I was like, oh my God, like I'm tired. This is really hard. And so I eventually told, I mean, it's not hard, but I told him, I was like, look, dude, I really don't think it's working. Like, I've seen sourdough, sourdough starters, like, rise quicker than this. And he eventually was like, you know, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really sorry. I should tell you that I've been really stressed lately because my brother is, uh, has cancer. And I was like, oh, damn. I knew this was too good to be true, you know? Like, like... He was 34, he was supposed to be a sexpert, you know, and he looked like a block of ice, and it turns out this chisel, like, I'm cute, I'm not hot, and this guy, like, I know my place, you know, and, and this freaking chiseled block of ice was just looking to be held, you know, so I was kind of disappointed. Um, but it's okay, it's, it, it was fine. Um, also, by the laws of the one night, one night stand, he could have said anything else, like, it was the whiskey, like, you know, or... I have no interest in you. Um, and I think any of those would have been preferred alternatives. Um, but we continued anyway. Like he was like, he was like, oh, I, I feel bad. I feel like I killed the mood. And I was like, yes, cancer kind of has that effect. Um, and then he like tried to go down on me and I was like, oh no, this is gonna be really bad. Uh, Cause it was like someone took a vacuum and like sucked out of, sucked all the optimism out of my pussy. Uh, so I was like, oh, what do I do? Think of something sexy, think of something sexy. I was like, oh, the first time that I got a library card, like, yes. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, we got the faucet running. Um, and then he was like, okay, two fingers or three? And I was like, four, where do you think I store my library cards? And then, 
you know, and like it was it was fine. It was okay. Like after we were just like lying down together, you know, I like completely resigned and I I didn't want to be so judgmental. Um so it was like, so your brother uh does his dick work, <laughs> you know? Um and then uh no, I obviously didn't say that. I wanted to be supportive. Uh so he was he was basically like, "Oh, I'm sorry. I don't like this is a lot that I'm dumping on you and I feel like I haven't like like I, you probably don't relate, and I was like, oh, I I totally relate, you know, like I've struggled too, uh, you know. If my mom, like if if I change my major one more time, my mom's gonna kill me, because uh, because I was 21 and he was 34. This is great. I'm just <laughs> rambling. This is this is this is a lot. Um. Okay. <laughs> Bye, guys. Come to sing, everyone. That was like a time warp. I thought we were like, this was last night, and then you were 21. I was like, we're in a time warp, yeah! Doodly, doodly, doodly. It was fun. Everybody, come to sing, yay! We have a couple comedians left. Your next comedian, it's his first time here. Put your hands together for Jonathan Yang! Oh, th th that'd be nice. That would be, that's how these things work. So I'm a pretty f philosophical person. Um, the other day I was thinking back about something my high school teacher, Mr. Simon, uh, told us, well, told me. We weren't in class. We were just in bed together. But he said, how many holes does a straw have? How many holes does a straw have? What do you guys think? Some say one, some say two. I don't know, I think it's one. Um, but there's a, there's a healthy debate about it, and apparently we all came from these organisms that were mouth and anus. They call them manus animals, manus. Um, and the sea cucumber is the remaining ancestor of this manus. Um, you know, it's a pretty wonderf wondrous organism. They have, uh, there are other organisms live inside of its asshole. Because it's such a beautiful asshole that they just like live inside of it. And I thought, wow, those are some lucky bastards. Because uh, I'm pretty infatuated with holes, or one hole in particular. Um, I talk about them a lot. Um, and that is the asshole. But if it's if it's an asshole and a mouth, I, I, I just feel like it's one thing, you know? People are kind of grossed out when I say I love to eat asshole for hours. Uh, they're kind of grossed out by it. But, you know, if a straight guy comes up here and says he eats pussy for hours, you guys would be so congratulatory. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not this crowd. Um, so, yeah. Assholes, you know, gays really, really have a... Uh, a whole culture around assholes, as you can imagine. Um, we call them bussies. They're boy pussies. Bussies. So, yeah, I'm killing it today. Um, okay, what else? What else? What else? <laughs> oh, this is something that f 
funny that happened. Um, probably not funny because you guys aren't laughing, but um, the security guard in my job today, I needed a, I needed, um, a temporary badge because I left mine at home, and he's like, you know, Jonathan, I really want to ask you, how do you speak English so well? I'm like, what? It's been a while since I've gotten some semi-racist comments like that in San Francisco. And he was, he, you know, he was very genuine, so I didn't really want to school him or anything. But, you know, it takes me back to my Chicago days. Like, people just assume you're supposed to sound a certain way. Uh, so that's about it. That's all I had today. Thank you. Yay! Jonathan Yang doesn't sound like he's from Chicago. Not at all. Not even a little bit. Not even a little. You didn't even talk about deep dish pizza once. Uh, your next comedian, he's also new to the room. He, I don't know his last name, but put your hands together for Ali. Yay! All right, what's going on, guys? Um, I am new to San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, I love all the homeless talk because, like, that was, like, the first I got here. I was like, <laughs> I was, like, dude, this is the Olympics of homeless people. Like... They are like having fun out here. Like it's almost too fun to be homeless, and they run the sh they run the city. Like I got in here and I saw you guys, and I was like, "Fuck! They got the homeless. They got the open mic. Like they're all <laughs> okay." But uh, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm from Michigan. All right, and uh, you know Michigan had like the whole ca like capital was overthrown by like these crazy people, and. Uh, I'm pretty sure that was planned in a room that was just like this. <laughs> like, walked in here, I was like, all right, we're overthrowing some shit tonight, or someone's inciting a rally. Um, <laughs> no, this is a sick room. I really like this place. But anyways, I grew up Muslim, and I have a theory that it's more difficult to be a kid who's Muslim than an adult, because as a kid, you don't know what to believe, but as an adult, you kind of just... you. You believe what you believe. You just, you know, like Monday to Friday, I was in school hanging out with all these white kids. And then Saturday, I go to religious school and they teach me about how those same white kids are going to burn in hell one day. And I was like, oh, shit. Um, when I was a kid, 9-11 happened and all over the news was Osama bin Laden. And it was like, we need to find Osama bin Laden. Like, Osama bin Laden's a bad guy. And I was like, oh. And, like, I go to the mosque with my dad, and, like, the head guy comes out, and I'm like, Dad, I think we got him. <laughs> I think that's him right there. My dad's like, shut the fuck up. Please stop talking. <laughs> um, my dad, you know, uh, he taught me something recently. So you guys ever meet an immigrant person who's, like, uh, really into Trump? It's, it's odd, right? It's like, it's like dude, what? Um, but I think I get it now because... You know, my dad, he's from India, came here, and he always hits me with the, like, you know, we struggled so hard to get you to have, like, a successful life and, you know, do what you want. I'm like, all right, yeah, cool, cool. That fires me up. So I was interviewing for a job the other day, and uh, the head guy comes on. He's, like, the executive. It's the last interview or whatever. And he's this Indian dude from Bangalore just, like, phoning in virtually. Thicker Indian accent than my dad. And I'm like, Dad, you know that whole struggle step? Like, this guy completely skipped that. They're coming to our country. They're taking our jobs, Dad. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, I got one more. All right. Um, I have a pretty boring life. 
So when I use Instagram, I'm not really posting anything. I'm just kind of scrolling, which catches up to you after a while because it's like you're learning a lot about other people and they have no idea what the hell's going on in your life. Like I ran into my ex-girlfriend a few years ago in Chicago and she was like, you're in Chicago? Like since when? And I'm like, um, I'm pretty sure it was like a month after your family's trip to Italy last year. Uh, like by the time you did that girls weekend in Vegas, like we were all, I was all moved into Chicago. So what's up? <laughs> all right, that's all I got. Thank you guys. Yay, Ellie! Let your ex-girlfriend know she can stalk you by listening to you at www.mutinyradio.fm. Yay! Yeah, uh, your next comedian has been so patient. Put your hands together for Brett Harper Jennings. Yay! I should have been a better audience member. Um, I talked through all of your sets. Oh, God. Oh, God. Um. Oh, I'm really... Um, I, uh, I'm nervous saying my name. Like, for a long time, I was... I thought, like... I don't know, like I was nervous I was pronouncing it wrong or like <laughs> I was like mumbling too much. And so um, I sometimes would just go tell people my ma my name is Tina. Um, and it's not, it's Brett. But <laughs> I would tell people it's Tina because it was easier. Uh, I was once at a party and I said uh, my name is Brett and the person I was talking to was like, got it. And then we walked over to a group of people and they were like, this is Brett. And everyone was like, Brad, that's a crazy name. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it is. Um, and I wanted to be like, I'm not Brad, you're Brad, you know? Because that's like a mean thing to call other people. <laughs> it's just, it's like, I don't, you don't think of like healthy people when you think of Brad. But anyway, I, and then um, I was talking to someone and they asked for my Instagram and I showed them and it was my real name, Brad. And they're like, that's not your name isn't Brett, it's Brett. And I was like, yeah, I just lied. And it was really uncomfortable. Um, okay, kind of <laughs> like this. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, uh, I was trying to make a hair appointment. And uh, you know when you haven't done something in a long time and you're like, oh, am I weird? Or is this a bad situation? Like, or is the other person weird? Like, uh, I was on the phone and then I was like, hi. And the guy was like, uh, uh, hello. I was like, I'd like to make an appointment. And he's like, uh, okay, uh, that's okay. Uh, I need to find a pen. And I was like, okay. And he's like, um, I'm going to give you a number and you need to send pictures to this number. I was like, okay. <laughs> so he sent a bunch of pictures of my hair to the number and I think I'm getting my hair done next week. I really hope. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know. Is that normal? Has anyone else ever had to send pictures of their... Okay, cool, cool. That's, that's fine. Um, great. Uh, I... Let's see. Um, w when I was younger, uh, growing up, I wasn't allowed to have an opinion uh, unless I had, like, enough of a good reason to have that opinion. Like, uh, in elementary school, like, people would, ar would always ask you, like, what's your favorite color? And I always was like, what are they playing at, you know? Like, what, what are they trying to get me to admit? And um, 
And so I would practice. I was like, it's yellow, and uh, it's and it's because it's bright. Because if I ever, s if my parents asked, they'd be like, why? And, and then I'd have to have a reason. Um, I don't know if this is funny or just sad. Uh, and so I like, I remember thinking really hard about it, and and I don't want to do the rest because it's not funny. Okay, thank you, Pam. One sec. Let me try. Oh, oh no, I'm gonna try something else. Uh, okay, my parents are very supportive, though. Um, yeah, uh, I, my roommate made a bunch of cookies and she left them out for everyone. She said, anyone can have any of the cookies and I ate all of the cookies and, um, and then she sent this passive aggressive text being like, whoever ate all the cookies, like what I meant was you could have some, not all of them. And I told my mom and she was like, well, what you need to do is you need to like go to a bakery, you need to buy some cookies for her and you need to shove them up her ass because she sounds <laughs> awful. And I like that that is something my mom said. Okay, thank you guys. Twitter <laughs> for Jennings. If you want, I can make you some pot cookies, but don't tell her there's weed in them and it'll trip her shit out. I would never, I would never, I, everyone should always know when you're taking drugs. I'm sorry. I just advocated giving people drugs without consent. That's not cool. Don't do that. Always tell your mom when you're giving her weed cookies. Your next, is, has anyone seen Jason King? Okay, Kyle Morrissey's here. Everybody, Kyle Morrissey, yay! Um, I started a new job recently and i i hate how every time i start a new job they make me watch the the sexual harassment training videos um i mean they make everybody watch them not just me i didn't do anything but it's mandatory you know i didn't no i didn't like join my first zoom meeting like look how excited i am to be here you know i uh, i hate the sexual harassment training videos because According to these videos, workplace representation has come such a long way. But every time they show the office pervert, they he still they always still suspiciously look a lot like me, like like a older, balder, more divorced version of me. And so now I'm kind of like invested in this guy. I'm kind of rooting for him. I I'm like, look, man, you have an office crush. That's fine. You didn't develop any healthy relationships in college. And so and the only social life you have is at work. And, and I want this guy, I want this guy to win. But then they, they, he always goes and does something stupid. Like he'll say to the intern, like, hey, what's up, Melissa? I got a big deadline for you. And it's like, come on, man. I would never say that. At least try giving her a kiss or something <laughs> like, you know. I hate those videos. Um, they uh, they always the the writing in them is so corny. Um, I, I they kind of look like porn. <laughs> the 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 office sexual harassment training videos are as corny as the beginning of like a work porn video. It's it I can't. It's like like one of them just looks like what the guy in the video would want thirty seconds after the first video. It's like that's just. This is just an extension of what this guy is thinking in this video. It, how, where's that gonna go? Uh, I don't know. Um, I I think a drug education was bad growing up. They you could never really convey why you should be concerned about drugs. You just had to go. I just had to go and find out myself. Like when I was in high school, 
my favorite show was The Simpsons. It was the funniest thing I'd ever seen. And then my freshman year of college, I tried acid, and then I never laughed at that show again. I never something happened. I don't know what happened, but I tried watching it again, and and every time I afterwards, I just be like, damn, maybe life is a cartoon. <laughs> like, <laughs> life do be making you feel like you have four fingers sometimes. Uh, I was uh, I was coddled growing up. I even back then I I, I knew it was bullshit. I wasn't buying it. Um, my my parents would always say like you're the best son a parent could ever ask for, and even back then I'd be like, do you have citations? Like, are, are other parents corroborating this? Because then that would make a difference. If 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 a friend's dad came up to me, it was just like, I love you. Like that would. <laughs> then I'd be like, all right, maybe mom and dad are onto something. Maybe maybe they maybe they do know something about myself that I don't know yet. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, we could, you know, give it a shot. Um, I, uh, I'm creepy. Uh, um, I don't like, I don't mind that part. It's how people categorize it. Like sometimes, uh, you know, just as like a weird fucking white dude with sallow cheekbones. Uh, you just get, you know, you get a lot of like, like I get a lot of like a oh, mess shooter and, and. <laughs> That's offensive to me. I, I got serial killer once, and I was like, that's more of a compliment. Because like, at least you think I have relationships with people. Like, at least you think, like, I, got, I get the benefit of the doubt. Like, that dude, serial killers get invited to barbecues. I get invited to barbecues. Fuck you. <laughs> I bring my own chili. All right. Oh, that's the end of the whole mic, isn't it? Yay, Kyle Morrissey! But it's not, it's not, it's not because we're kind of holding time for Jason King because Jason King is on his way. And so I'm just going to do one new joke in hopes that Jason King comes. But you can leave. But Jason King, I hope that Jason is coming, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell one more joke and then we'll hopefully he comes. Yay. So you don't have to, I know you guys all want to go to the Condor. It was really fun last week and it really is fun and you guys should go and it's a great show. It really is. I totally understand. I'm just burning time for Jason King. I'm just going to do like one new thing of material and then if he doesn't show up, then I feel terrible for him. And then do you, are you going to Geary or do you want to take all the buses together? Okay, that's cool. So for the people that are still here and this is exciting, I did, I was being very white lady and I was hiking. I went on a hiking weekend. Thank you. I did a very white thing, and my friend has Lululemon pants, and do you know why they cost $120? Because you can't get a camel toe in them. That's the only reason. why I spelunked that whole shit out. I was like, why does Lululemon cost so much money? Why would it be $120 for a pair of yoga pants? Please tell me. And now I know, no matter what position you're in, you have no camel toe. Lululemon pants make you look like you are... A Grecian goddess, uh, even if you're almost 50. It's amazing. Okay, so my friend is very rich, and she has Lululemon pants. She also has, like, a, a condo up at Donner Lake. So, of course, I'm like, oh, my God, we're going to Donner Lake. We have to go to the museum. She's like, we're going on a hiking vacation. I'm like, yes, hiking. Every day we're going to go on a hike, and we're going to hike along the places where the people ate each other and died in the snow. Ha-ha, <laughs> why didn't they eat... 
So this is my first question. Before I even learned about it, my questions, I was like, there's a lake there and there and there. In the winter, what happens to the fish? Nothing. You just have to ice fish. So the fish are under the, you got to dig in and then you fish for the fish. There's food. Also, haha, pine nuts. There's pine cones everywhere. There's pine nuts that has fat. It has protein. There are pine nuts. So here's the thing. The dumb Americans are like, we got to get money. Here's the thing. Capitalism. Here's, this is my, okay. So these are all these, these are these fucking idiot capitalists. They're like, we want money. We have lots of money. I'm a cabinet maker. And we're the Donner Party. Woo. And okay. So the Donner Party was this one guy. And he was like 60. He was old to be doing like a cross trek thing. And they left from Illinois. They were the last caravan to leave. And they said, you might be leaving too late. We heard this winter's going to be a rough one. And they left anyway. And they're like, this is so easy. They were following the track, la, la, la. And then they're like, oh, it's getting cold. We heard about this cutoff. Let's do this thing that's never been tried. These idiots that have no idea. The hubris of rich capitalists. Well, of course, we're taking our horses across the land. That, ha, ha, ha. And then they get to the mountains. And they're lifting their thing. Okay, it's so funny. So they get... They get to Donner Lake, which is so beautiful. And they built this monument, and it's like, so the snow drifts that year were as high as where the bottom of the... <laughs> so there's all these people from Illinois who have no idea how to... There was... Ha! Okay, this is the part of the joke. This is the joke that's so funny. This is the thing. So all these idiots, all these capitalist idiots are like, we got to get gold. And they're trying to get there, and they're trying, and they're failing. They went the wrong way. They listened to this one guy. And then they got in a fight, and they kicked out this one guy, and they banished him. But then he got to Sutter's Fort on his own. He brought back the rescue party. Ha <laughs> ha! The guy they banned. Anyways, it's such a good story. But the most best part of the story is that they were camping. They were living for that winter, and it's this lake where the Washoe Indians every year, the Native Americans, I'm such a dick, that's where they would like party every summer. They would go up there and they would fish and they would have barbecues and parties and they would dry their fish and they'd get all their stuff. They'd collect all their stuff and then they'd go down to the deserts during the winters and they just, they were up there like, ah. And some of them lived up there and they, okay, so the people are dying and they're scared and all this stuff's happening. And they were like giving them rabbit flesh and like wild potatoes and like putting them in places. And the white dummies are like, what's this? Well, I guess we can eat this. So in the middle of the winter, they come to try to help the dumb white people, and they have a carcass. They've killed a deer for them. And they come up to the camp, and the white people shot at them, <laughs> trying to save them. And they shot at them. I'm sorry. I hate America. I'm like, I would have been like the washer. I was like, you've got food. Are we buddies? Like, we could figure it out. We're going to hang out in the snow together. The pine nuts, there was all this... And th so they came back in the middle of the winter to help them again to check it out because they just lived there or whatever. They're like, yeah, we live here in the winter. You know, we hunt the squirrels and the birds and stuff, whatever. We live here. We've saved all our nuts and we've got dried fish. We just hang out and play cards or whatever. I don't know. They've been, they've been there for 2,000 years. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. And then the dumb white people are there and they're like. So uh, last thing, oh, they shot at them and then there was something else. Um, no, it's, uh, oh, they came back and they were like, oh shit, they're eating each other. These white people are super fucking evil. <laughs> and then they said, we're not messing with them ever again because they actually had to resort. That's the whole great thing. They didn't have to resort to cannibalism. Anyway, okay. Capitalism's bad and... <laughs>
Thanks for trying. Thank you guys for waiting. I'm Jason's not coming. Thanks for listening to my TED talk. Thank you. That was yeah. Everybody, we're all gonna go to Geary Club next, probably. Thank you for being here. You're the smarty pants person. You come up with smart things. We'll have to have interesting conversations. And thank you all for being here. And you're new, and that's great, Ali. You're the coolest. And um, so, like, you're Indian, but you're like they made you be Pakistani or whatever, right? You were like they did. We're, we're, I don't. Who knows? They were like, hey, you were this, and now you're like, go this way. Right? It's if you trip. What's it called? It's called generational trauma. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I'm so white that I'm like, I'm gonna write a series of poems about the Native Americans and I'm gonna do land acknowledgements. I'm gonna I'm gonna write a book of poetry called Land Acknowledgements and I'm gonna research all of the Native American tribes that were in the areas that I've lived in in California, because I've only lived in California. So I'm gonna take all the places I've lived, Danville over there with the Mount Diablo, Davis. I'm going to look in all the places of San Diego that I've lived in, and I'm going to take those tribes, I'm going to research those tribes, and then I'm going to write a land acknowledgement to them because I've lived where they lived. And I feel like as a white lady, it's my duty to, like, fucking be like, I know no one else is going to say, like, I'm really sorry for taking your shit, bro, but, like, I want to know about the tribes that lived here before me that I'm stealing their fucking land, and they were eating all the nasturtiums and all the cool things. I don't know. I don't know if we like give a nod to our ancestors, even if they weren't ours. Like I'm th- like land acknowledgements. I'm so white. That's the thing, and I feel guilty about bringing it up because I'm the white lady. I'm like, look at the white lady talking about. Like next will be like, oh, she's making headdresses out of. No, I'm not a- trying to appropriate anything. I'm trying to apologize and reparations for all the people, and everything could be free. Money is not real. I'll see y'all at Geary Club. Yay! Here I have a new poetry collection on Amazon. Here's the title poem, The Shaman in the Library. Naked except for a loincloth, ritual scars and streaks of red clay, he attends the staff meeting. Bowl haircut, back straight, face impassive. Why is he here? No one knows. Since the library opened, he's pushed the loaded book cart and replaced Suzanne Summers and Gwyneth Paltrow in the diet and exercise section. Trembling patrons pay late fees promptly when he stands by the circulation desk. A few parents complain their teenagers shadow him, chasing rumors of hallucinogenic ayahuasca vines hidden in the botany section. And after the singed carpet incident, management forbade cooking fires. No more fresh rabbit meat, only packets of microwaved cassava. He pricks his fingertip at shift's end and fills out his time sheet with human blood. It's a good life. His employer provides health insurance and a retirement plan. 
But when the wild parrots come to strip fruit from nearby trees, he remembers the land of his birth, his vision quest, fasting to the point of death, and how his spirit animal came to him. He remembers inhabiting the jaguar's body, its savage strength, and the power he gained, power to take life and heal. Free from culture and convention, he hunted at night, the heart-pounding chase, the taste of wild boar's blood. I was just leaving the theater. Convertible 1969 gold Cadillac with the white interior. And I started to do some thinking. I'm around in it on the I'm having a really, really good time. Flat black plastic. Looking big splits and cruising. Saturday, noon to two. I'm a freeway. I am a total Hello, Blake. Henry! Yeah, Charlie here. Yeah. I have a report here, Henry, from your, uh, from your chief nurse, Major O'Houlihan. She makes some accusations, Henry. I, I find pretty hard to believe. Black Block, a novel about protest from Sanjuro, a sample. The walk from Union Square to the bar is a long way for a drink, so you want a few stopovers. You get warmed up at Lefty O'Doul's, an old-time tavern with memorabilia and a menu from another century. Then a Market Street dive to rub elbows with the hoi polloi. Next is a Folsom Leather Bar. The dark goth soundtrack is a refreshing change from the usual jukebox anthems, but you must avert your eyes lest you observe gentlefolk in flagrante. That means fucking. Tonight, none of these places are open unless looters are broken in. The city is shut down because of the riots. Thank you. Find me at sanjurorider.com and Black Block is on Amazon. Got the mutiny, mutiny radio. Got the mutiny, mutiny radio. Got the mutiny, mutiny radio, my friend. Got mutiny, mutiny radio. Got mutiny, mutiny radio. Got mutiny radio, my friend. of subliminal SF, visual and auditory mind control, graphic design, physical merchandise, live music promotions. Go www.subliminalsf.com for the most amazing t-shirts you've ever seen, graphic design for every need, and live music promotion at some of the best bars in San Francisco. That's Subliminal SF, visual and auditory mind control. Go to SubliminalSF.com now. Safe sex is more than just avoiding STIs and pregnancy, no matter what you're into. Make sure that you and those around you feel safe, comfortable, and are having a good time. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio.
October 9th through 16th, 2022. The 7th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival is coming to you, San Francisco and beyond. So many venues this year. Atlas Cafe, Madam Racecar, The Bar on Dolores, El Rio, Baby Blues Barbecue, OMG, and the Alameda Comedy Club, as well as Emperor Norton's Boozland and Mutiny Radio. 28 shows all week. Get your tickets at Eventbrite and for free on Sunday the 16th. It's a block party, part of the Phoenix Day Block Party CU, or Livable City, who brought you Sunday Streets. We're going to have a block party. We're going to have the Bacon Bacon Food Truck, art vendors, 40 comedians from all over the United States, outside, ready to make you laugh. Please come out to the 7th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival at eight different venues, October 9th through 16th, 2022. See you there. The National Lawyers Guild is dedicated to the need for basic change in the structure of our political and economic systems. They seek to unite lawyers, law students, legal workers, and jailhouse lawyers of America to function as an effective political and social force in the service of the people, to the end that human rights shall be regarded as more sacred than mere property interests. For more information about your legal rights, how to obtain legal assistance, or to donate, please contact the National Lawyers Guild at nlgsg.org. That's nlgsg.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. LSD FAP! Acid and fapping, fapping and acid, acid fapping, fapping and acid, fap, 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 acid! Thank you, that song is called Acid and Fapping! My name is Breakfast, and I'm running for Chancellor of the United States of America. For too long, we have gone without a Chancellor who is willing to take bold leaps of faith and logic to create new possibilities for our great, big, fat nation. As your Chancellor, I will balance the budget on the head of a pin, give entertaining speeches, have scandalous affairs, write strongly worded letters to unpopular foreign leaders, look good on camera, end all hunger, crime, abuse, war, Disease, disasters, sadness, depression, oppression, repression, suppression, transgression, obsession, expression, impression, regression, and digression by signing pieces of paper that express my disapproval of such things. And invest in an American flag pin to be worn prominently on my stylish jackets. It's time to work together to take the country back from us and return it to ourselves. It's time to turn this country around and drive it into opposing traffic. It's time to take a chance on the Chancellor.
this song. My turn-ons are dancing in the dark, kissing on a lark, and peeing in the park. You should follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl. That's the duh of Francais, not the duh of dumbass. But never mind that. Don't follow me now. Follow me later. I mean, for right now. Ah, let's watch a full-length movie on you. Hey, back once again, it's L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. As you can tell from that fantastic theme song, it's L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T stands for Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hiya, Carl. Hi, Mike. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Oh, I, I really wanted you to be on the show on <laughs> Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie with um, Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Great. Glad to have you as a uh, guest once again. Yeah. Thank you very much. Happy to start the show off like this every week. Every week we are here on mutinyradio.fm. We are streaming right now on mutinyradio.fm. Join us. Listen to us first as we stream first every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You know, you could kick back earlier in the afternoon or you could kick back later in the afternoon. What the fuck do I care? But we also are a podcast. So you don't even have to stream, although it would help. Yeah. Uh, it would help. God, how passive aggressive is that? We are at L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Reason why we bring up the acronym up front. That's how you can find us on the podcast. And we have a fantastic YouTube channel with the same acronym, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. We're going to watch a full-length movie on YouTube with you. We would love for you to listen to the podcast and watch the movie on YouTube at the same time. You could turn off the sound in the movie. Who gives a shit? Yeah, right. Listen Just to what? James Marsden. And uh, yeah, so we are going to watch this movie. And usually these are movies I read about, had no access to, had to go by what the book said. But now they're on YouTube. So I don't have to search for it. I could just watch it. It's a miracle. Yeah. The whole fetish. I love fetishizing stuff. I have a collection of physical media right here looking at me back. Maybe I don't want to go for a search. Maybe I just want to see this movie, not read about it. Carl, what is this movie this week? Today, we will watch a movie that doesn't quite fit with that description because you weren't young when it came out. No. Accidental Love 2015. Accidental Whoa, Love. Mm -hmm. Accidental Love 2015? Yeah, anything with the 20 kind of doesn't fit your, you know, I used to read about it as a kid. No, but I read about this on AV Club. Okay, so today the legacy Back, continues. Yeah, in 2006, I read about this movie. It was it was made in 2008, believe it or not. I read um, about it two years before it was made. <laughs> Call me a liar? Not, <laughs> not to your face. Okay, so in the YouTube search engine, you put in accidental, which okay. is spelled like the word accidental, love, L-O-V-E, 2015. And the channel we like, Accidental Love 2015, is online movies. Oh, that's exactly what I like, online movies. I'm going to subscribe to this channel. It's very okay. descriptive to what is going on. We will be watching a movie. We'll be online. Online movies provides that service for you. So here's what we need you to do. We want you to find a device that has your YouTube on it. Go to their search engine. Type in Accidental Love 2015. You'll find a version hosted by online movies, which Kind of redundant. Yes. Click the link, but hit pause. 
Move your timer to zero, zero, zero. We want to watch this movie all at the same time. Let us watch a full-length movie on YouTube. With and you. Carl, Carl's kind of being modest every week. He's not, yeah. Not a guest. Maybe I need to stop that bit already. No. What? What? <laughs> what? Stop a bit? No. Beat it to death every week. Uh, yeah. Carl has written. Bit. Carl wrote the theme song. Carl has researched this movie. He's going to provide. Uh, uh, guidance as we watch at the same time and he's also spoken to a celebrity comedian I who have. is going to do a celebrity comedian countdown and when the next celebrity comedian says go press go and it's actually going to be really interesting i don't even have a chance to listen to beforehand but carl has delved deep into this next comedian the carl global, take it away. yeah this guy this next guy's from tibet you're gonna really? love him mm -hmm. we tibet, have new jersey later. Well, Tibet, which county? Bur Bergen? It's, it's Sussex, Sussex County. Yeah. Sussex County. Tibet, New Jersey. Yeah. Okay, take it away, Carl. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Cassidy O'Malley. Welcome, Cassidy. Now, you, my dear, are super new to comedy. I mean, it's been like two seconds. Like, tell me the story, how you got into it, how long ago, and What's up that made you want to do this? Okay, Carl. So I feel like you you've seen me at my my first spot, Scotty's. Uh -huh. I see you there from time to time. So as corny as it sounds, um, doing comedy was actually always in the back of my mind, like kind of corny, my little girl dream. Like my dad, he's a big comedy fan. He always like. We grew up, like, he showed me Monty Python, his favorite comedians, like, and my dad's hysterical, too, so it was always just, like, there, and my entire family, I mean, we're a big Irish family, we got alcoholics, we got everything, <laughs> we have a lot of big personalities in one room, to say the least, so, I mean, everyone's always cracking jokes, and... Yeah, I just never had, for lack of a better word, the cojones to mm -hmm. get up on stage. And then I graduated college, was kind of just in like a weird, it was still kind of COVID, kind of not, but I was just really itching to like do something that it's I- It's really that recent, like 2021, 2022? This past December, it hasn't even been a year, Carl. Wow. And oh, also, um, in the midst, I did that class at Scotty's. I'm kind of embarrassed to say. I know, like, comedians get shit on for, like, taking a comedy class. But uh -huh. I just figured, I saw the sign. I was literally driving, saw the sign. I was like, you know what? This is my chance because I can do it in secret. I can get in there, see if I have any skill at this. And if I suck, no one will know, right? Uh -huh. I'm like, this is perfect. And did the class. Actually, the class was great, too. Like, I loved it. Chip Ambrosio we're talking about. Oh, yeah. Shout out, okay. Chip. Great mm -hmm. guy. We're doing a fundraiser there, too. September 22nd. He'll be hosting. Okay. So definitely come through if you're not busy. Um, so I did the class. And, like, literally from there on out, like, I was addicted. Like, I was like, let's do mics. Like, let's go. Well, so that how were you at the part. showcase? How was the reaction to you at the showcase? Did you kill? Um, pretty good. I didn't invite a single person, which I know that definitely made Chip um and the rest of the class annoyed. But I was like, guys, like, 
I don't know what I'm doing. My biggest thing, even to this day, I'm super self-conscious, inviting friends and family. Like I enjoy, I'm sure you can relate. Like, I mean, I don't know. I enjoy performing for like strangers, like people Mm -hmm. I don't know. I find it kind of distracting when there are like your best friends per se in like the front row, which I mean, I love it. I want everyone to come. But like for me as a performer, it is kind of a little distracting. Can you relate to that at all? Yeah, can you get nervous? You have yourself, you're distracted yeah. by the, um, uh, you're self-conscious. And when you get up there, it's like, if they're strangers, it kind of doesn't matter because they're not going to see you again. And they don't know who you are. So you could be anything for them. Just exactly. And Carl, I'm 24. Like, I fucking love my friends. But like, some people have never been to a comedy show in their life. You know what I mean? Like, I got to give the girls a little pep talk. Like, yo, like, no phones, no chatter, like, no, like, mm-hmm. no getting, like, absolutely wasted. Like, you know what I mean? Yes, I do. Sometimes me as, like, one, a performer, and two, just kind of a micromanager, I'm like, ooh, it's a little added stress that, mm-hmm. like, adds to the stress of performing, you know? What was your major? Because I know you came from a place in which comedy was common in your household. Like, was mm. your major anything to do with, like... My major was basketball. Basketball. So it was, that's <laughs> kind of performing. My actual major was... Um, oh, you're I was a communications major, which is, like, the classic. That um, is... Yeah. Okay. But really, I just was, like, kind of phoning it in in college. I went to Ithaca mm. College, like, loved it there, played mm. basketball. And then even crazier, Carl, also another secret I don't tell comics, but it's out here now. I have my MBA, Uh which is like crazy. I was actually working on a bit about this, but I do have my master's in entertainment and media management. So I feel like I'm very much so like kind of in a way utilizing a lot of the skills I got there now doing comedy, you know? So if you're 24, you must have graduated and gone straight into the master's immediately. Yeah, because it was COVID. Uh Uh-huh. So did you do it online, I guess, because? Yeah, so um, we did. Actually, they had it set up really nicely for us in which we could. I was still in Ithaca. I decided to do it, yeah, basically even before I officially graduated because I was the marketing major and like I really figured out through internships and stuff that like I really did not like that world. Like it was Uh just kind of fucking corny in my eyes of just like, I don't know, like I wasn't into it. I had two sort of internships and then I saw the entertainment and media management like option to get my master's I'm like that's for me because I love pop culture I love entertainment movies tv it is just it's like what really does get me like excited to go and like learn about that kind of stuff the marketing like I said I mean in college I was just kind of like I'm a social butterfly at heart like I'm coming to class and just like chit chat like what's up Mm -hmm. and I mean the communications major was great it gave me like great public speaking skills stuff like that um but yeah marketing like I kind of like came to the conclusion I'm like I'm not that into this (laughs) yeah so it wasn't because you're bullshitting people that that isn't the reason it turned you off I'm good at bullshitting people Uh you know that (laughs) Now, I was going to go on to ask you about 
how you're getting booked so much because I see you on Facebook and Instagram. Not Facebook. You really don't do Facebook. I see nah. you on Instagram and you're promoting the shows that are coming up with um, uh, what? Mike Lauro and um, I, I forget exactly. But but no how is it that you're getting booked so quickly? I mean, you do well at the open mics. Is that where people are giving you these offers? I think this honestly goes back to our previous point of bullshitting, Carl. Like, I feel like it looks like I'm getting booked left and right. But, like, I only have, like, one show booked for September. Like, it's not that crazy. It's uh-huh. not like I'm I, – I don't even have a consistent show every week. Like, I mean, I wish I did. But, yeah, I think, like you were saying, I just kind of – have a bit more social media knowledge than the mm-hmm. average comic not like no disrespect to any mm-hmm. comics but like I am just 24 I was a marketing major I still feel like I'm pretty shitty at it but <laughs> so I just like post like whenever I do something I went on um, my first kind of road date in charlotte because i did a show at the dojo Mm -hmm. my friend gerard like gave me the sick opportunity so once again it's like i'm obviously gonna post that because then people see it it looks like i'm doing big things like that was my one time being out of the northeast Mm -hmm. and like god knows when it'll happen again but (laughs) yeah it's all it all goes back to like marketing yourself and like promoting you know i'm still like i still struggle to cut clips to do all that shit so I'm glad it looks like I'm killing it. (laughs) Now, I want to get to this countdown. I know that's true, but still, I got to ask more. Where do you think you want to go with this? I mean, it's it's not even been a year, but now that you've gotten the feeling of doing setup punch, everybody's out there. That's a room full of strangers. They're laughing. Where do you, where do you think you want to go? Where do you see yourself going? I don't mean in five years. I mean, like, what's your next step in comedy, do you think? What are you striving for? Well, I'm striving for everything, Carl. I want to do it all. I want to just really grind. I want it to be like, I'm still working. I mean, I don't know if you can tell by this backdrop. Like I am in like my, my childhood bedroom. Like I'm still at my dad's yeah. house once again. This is very understandable at 24 years old. Yes. No problem. But I am working on getting a place of my own in Jersey City. I've been going into the city more to do those spots. Um... Yeah, I mean, in the immediate future, just want to book more shows, you know? Well, and like some people, like, they want to do a TV pilot. Some people want to do know. a webisode. It, I, yeah. That's why I meant, where were you going? You want to be a booked, working comedian. I like to do stand-up, yeah. I do not have... I, well, also, I want to have a podcast as well. I mean, this is cool. First time doing, like, anyone's podcast. Wow. But- I want to have my podcast, but really my one love is like the stage and uh-huh. just sort of like keep writing, keep getting better. Like I said, I'm very new at this. So like every time I get on stage, I'm sure you can relate. Like I'm learning something new. I'm mm-hmm. finding like kind of my voice. I've been lately just more comfortable on stage where I'm a bit more unhinged. Like I do more crowd work. It like, still very green in terms of the industry and like i mean i just fucking love it so mm-hmm. i want to just keep doing it as much as possible and like keep getting booked you know no i bet you don't have a website but how can people find you out there on the internet out there on social media certainly instagram you have tiktok how can people get in touch with you how can That's they check you out 
That's a great question, Carl. And one, I am working on the website that will be fired up soon. Very nice. Um, cast comedy on IG, TikTok. I'm not great at it. Once again, it's a little younger than my age. Chastity O'Mal, I believe, is my handle. Chastity. <laughs> Chastity O'Malley, I think in media in college, there's a lot of bullshit on there. Yeah. A lot of just like nothingness. But um, yeah, you guys can find me on there. And Carl, hopefully I'll see you like at a mic or a show. Always, I'm sure. That. We it rub was, elbows all the time. Thank you so much for having me. This was sick. And I, I will definitely like talk to you more um, about the back end of things. Like when I see you next. That sounds perfect. Okay, now, Cassidy O'Malley. Everyone at home is poised to press play at the same time as we do here in the studio. We're going to watch this movie together. Okay, so why don't you go ahead, Cassidy O'Malley, and give us that celebrity comedian countdown. Hell yeah, I hope you guys really enjoy this movie. I mean, Jake Gyllenhaal, quite a snack. Quite a <laughs> nice face to look at, right? All right, guys, enjoy the movie. I am going to do a countdown, and here we go. Three, two, one, go. Thank you, celebrity comedian. That was really cool, Carl. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you. Cool, We're going to start our movie from Mongrel Media. No, no, it's not. I mean, that's a promo thing. Yeah. Now, now we're seeing the real film. 50s film. I don't like this movie already. <laughs> well... When we open up, we're actually not watching this movie. We are watching B-roll footage from the film Mr. Deeds in 2002. Oh, the Adam Sandler movie? Yes. yes. <laughs> a few years ago. I, I got a house. My name is Mr. Deeds. Now, this, is, they, this starts out in Indiana, the hometown of our heroine. But okay. really, this is New Milford, Connecticut. And it's B-roll footage from the remake of Mr. Deeds in 2000. How crazy. What we're watching. Yeah, I don't think Sandman would leave the tri-state area to make a movie, right? <laughs> no. No. So this is all Mr. Deeds. Okay, I mean, I guess it's over now. Now okay. we're into our film, Principal Shooting. This started in 2008, even though this movie didn't release till 2015. It was a mess making Tell me. this film. Tell me more. Well, I mean, they kept running out of money. You see, they started shooting in 2008, and the guy who provided the finance, who's a, who was a, who's a powerful man, but he was young to Hollywood, new to Hollywood, right. he claimed that the 2008 bubble, you know, like real estate bubble or whatever it was, the, the um, uh, what is it, default credit swaps, whatever that was. Yeah, the big short. Right. So, right, the big short. Uh, is fucking with their financing and the producers had to take 50% pay cuts and stuff. And uh, anyway, this thing didn't finally get done until it released until 2010. And the director was like, screw it. I'm Alan Smithy for this film. I'm not even gonna. He's Alan it. Smithy. Now this is not just any old director, right? This is no. not like some guy who just came out of it. No, I mean, we, we're looking at the list of people starring in this movie, and it's a fucking motley crew of actors. That's right. This is a major motion picture. David O. Russell was David our Russell. director. David O. Russell. And I got a list here. Let me just tell you for the plot, though. We're meeting Alice, okay? Yeah. And Alice's mom is is uh, National Lampoon's vacation. Beverly D'Angelo? Beverly D'Angelo, yeah. Yeah. And he, and 
you know, the mom's proud. The mom and dad are proud of her. And this cop just came over and asked for her hand in marriage. Well, he, he, he knows him, right? Yes, they've been dating. This is... This is uh, the Sonic the Hedgehog sheriff. It is Sonic the Hedgehog. This guy, you'll know his face. Is, it's, his James. head is down right now. But it's Scott Beardsley. Uh, no, I'm sorry. No, In James. real life, it's James Marsden. Yeah, he's Harry Lame. Do you ever see uh, Anchorman 2? Yes. I'm Harry Lime. And he made a bet that if he lost, he had to say his name was Harry Lame. Yeah. He lost. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm this actor. Uh, like, Harry Lame. At the first time I ever encountered him, I was like, well, he's just Mr. Handsome, so therefore Mr. he's walking Handsome. through stuff. But he's not. He's not walking he, through it. I don't know if you ever sat through the TV show Westworld, but he has yes. such a vulnerability. Like, he seems like he, his heart is broken through every scene in that movie. It's, he's it's a real actor. Show. He really is. Yeah, and he's friends with Sonic the Hedgehog. 